0: You're tuned into the afternoon cruise, and I'm connected with Liz Wright. She's coming through town this Thursday for a show at the Dakota, where she'll be bo- joined by Kenny Banks on piano and organ. Liz, thank you so much for taking time to connect with Jazz88. Sean, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, Liz, your most recent record is a live album captured in Berlin at the end of a 2018 tour. And the group sounds incredible. The tune we've been playing is Somewhere Down the Mystic. And I love the arrangement of the song and the performance. And I know this is a tune that you co-wrote. Can you tell me a little bit about the song itself and then this particular live recording of it? Sure.
1: Somewhere Down the Mystic came from a really beautiful conversation I had with Larry Klein and David Bateau about what it was like to live in the mountains. Um, I I lived for a few years uh, full time in Western North Carolina, just outside of Asheville. And just my experience of Appalachia, but also living alone on, you know, a pretty big piece of land for the first time and really getting to know, you know, mountain culture and and Appalachian culture and and, and my neighbors um, really changed my life and it touched me really deeply. They're still some of the people I trust the most in life.
0: Now, the band sounds stunning throughout the whole record and you have a a Mm -hmm. video component piece as well and uh, I believe it's your bass player talking about um, setting the mood before you, Liz Wright, the vocalist, even walks on stage, and that you can actually hear that on that first song. You can hear that the band takes you know, 15, 16 bars to kind of set the mood, and then you walk in and you hear the audience respond to that. Um, it's, it's, it's an amazing album, and there's a depth in these performances um, that can be hard to capture in the studio. You show so much reverence in this short film, called Holding Space for the live experience, for the communion, community you create um, when you're in this room. Your sound person talks about how different it is when there's human beings in the room. I imagine that um, these months slash years of navigating your life as a performer and as an artist without access to being in front of audiences must have been an uphill battle. Has that time of absence changed your relationship and your depth of relationship with performing in front of audiences? It's so, a good question,
1: Sean. I, I'm i so grateful
0: for this kind of imposed um,
1: suspension and blank canvas that the lockdown period of COVID um, created for, for me and a lot of musicians because I was moving so fast on tour, at home, with so many activities that I didn't really even have time to go back and surf through my live recordings. I was told by my manager that it sounded you know, there was some beautiful stuff in there and cause we took one long walk and I had this show and uh, I think it was, um, I don't remember. It was Oakland or no, San Francisco. And I remember he told me, Liz, there's some absolute gems in there. You should especially check out this show in Berlin. And so while everything was quiet and I was struck by the feeling of someone missing from my life, I finally identified it as the people, mm. you know, the listeners. And, um, and so I, the only documentation of any kind that I had of my of that relationship was these live recordings. So I started going through them because there was nothing else to do. So I, I went back and finally listened carefully to this recording in Berlin. And I said, oh, my goodness, all of my relationships are laid bare here, you know, in a way that I I can't really describe. You know, my, my relationship with the band, as you mentioned, and my relationship with the people. And hearing this satisfies this, this longing that I feel. And it's not just about being in front of folks and having their attention. It is about what they make me sing. Of course, I know the songs. I, you know I, I have years relationship with my bandmates. But something about, as you said, being in the room and that live communion, it draws out of me things that are beyond what my mind can produce <laughs> or project they're kind of spiritual, they're guttural, they're instant, they are nuanced, Um, they're of the moment, they're unrepeatable. And so it was just nice to hear and feel these things um, when I had nothing but wide open space to check them out.
0: Well, we're so lucky that you've taken that space and brought it into an environment where technically it can be repeated. We can listen to these moments from this Berlin concert. I completely understand that there's something ephemeral about actually being in the room, but we're so glad to be able to play some of this stuff, and frankly, we're also really glad that you can be back out on the road and playing in a more, you know, safe setting than maybe we were able to do so in 2020 and 2021. Liz Wright is coming through town to play The Dakota. Uh, She's going to be joined by Kenny Banks, and that show is happening on Thursday evening. Uh, Liz, it was really impressive to hear this whole ensemble um, when I was watching Holding Space, but I'm also really curious to hear how an artist like you does things differently when you're just engaging musically with one person obviously you'll be engaging um, with the audience as well Uh, but what what do you like about playing just with an artist like Kenny as opposed to with a full ensemble
1: great question Sean I I have the oldest (laughs) musical or really any other relationship outside of family relationship with Kenny Banks senior I remember when I met him I was Oh gosh, 19 years old. I was uh, trying to look a little growner than I was <laughs> so that I could get into the jazz clubs and <laughs> hear this music played live that I only have recordings of. And I remember the relationship I had with the Atlanta jazz scene. I was asking musicians um, one after the next, it didn't matter what they played or sang, you know, who should I listen to? What's important? You know, like what makes a good jazz singer? I mean, and it was really amazing to me. How much people wanted to help me and how my my cup was just overflowing with so much information. I actually at one point walked around town and had a notebook. I, you know, I, I remember um, being at Georgia State University and i was studying classical voice under Dr. Dwight Coleman and there was just no jazz vocal program. So I just made it my own kind of inquiry into what was important about this music and how to do it in a way that musicians really respected it, you know. I was listening to a lot of Nancy Wilson, Abby Lincoln, Shirley Horn. Um, anything anybody hit me to. And the wild thing was that a lot of musicians who had been touring with these great artists had landed in Atlanta to live. And they were some of them were playing in church on the weekends and in the clubs during the week. Um, they would split their time across the two. So coming from my father's church in Atlanta being the first big city I'd ever lived in, I met a lot of musicians who entirely understood that I loved you know, gospel music that I love, um, you know, like sacred music, but that I really was curious about jazz. And I, I had no problem with transitioning into this, um, this other communal music, um, this other sacred music. And so it was just a great time. And I met Kenny Banks during this time and I, I just couldn't have found uh, a a better uh, person to learn under about how to communicate with the band in a way that they really love. He taught me this love of musicians and how to give them direction and give them space to take authority over their role, you know, to really give their own creative input to what they're doing. Um, So they're not waiting until they're on their own project to have some creative space and creative input. So, um, I credit him with how I lead bands, how I communicate with musicians, how I feel about them and the kind of musical moments that are really rare, um, that come right up out of this love and respect for each other. And, um, you know, I was, I was with Kenny Banks when I ran out of jazz standards to sing that I knew at a, at a, you know, a a sit in basically, and I was, he was there in that moment where I sang Amazing Grace as a blues for the first time. And my life has just not been the same since. So he is like the human, uh, chronicle, like the books of what happened, um, from the beginning. And so all of it is kind of distilled in this, in this one relationship, what I do with the whole band. And it's, it's of course more, um, revealing and vulnerable. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And so I'm, I'm excited for people to hear and feel this story and relationship for themselves.
0: That, that sounds incredible. And as far as an intimate performance, as you're well aware, there's probably not a better room within five States than the Dakota to, to bring something like that. And that's where Liz Wright is going to be on stage alongside Kenny Banks senior on Thursday night. Um, Liz, you, you honed in a little bit on um, jazz singing and and you're talking with jazz 88 we're a jazz station there's uh, you know, there's a lot of permeable lines between all of these genres and I hear plenty of jazz and what's happening um, on your record and I'm not you know the, we're not the jazz police I'm I'm with it all there's a, a moment in particular to me <laughs> that stands out where I go oh this woman is so deep in jazz no matter what else she's singing and it's when you're pushing I think the verses of old man the Neil Young tune you're pushing them back a quarter note the band's not wavering the band's responding but not wavering and you're just doing your phrasing and i've i heard i heard lyrics in that i've listened to that song i don't know a hundred times i like neil young i I heard things in the words because of where you put them in the measures that i never heard before um you have a, a mastery when when actually in the video you go i my mind rambles i go Listening to you, Liz, is the opposite of rambling. My mind centers. Right, I am like, I go. Where is this woman putting this melody? I I will hear every nuance of it. How do you How do you ramble while because you talk about your mind rambling? How do you ramble while also delivering with such authority and such I'll say metric confidence? Well,
1: you're super kind, <laughs> and, Um I I don't know. It this is very much like a an experience of um you know i'm really a very well i sound like any other artist i suppose but i am a very sensitive and shy person who finds some kind of common ground with people where i'm just openly meditating and i'm my mind is quiet and i can it's quiet but it's active in the sense that um I I go somewhere where I feel entirely safe and entirely open and connected to everything. And so it's a, I don't know how, but since I was a little girl, I've been able to access this fearless and completely vulnerable place. Um, And I just know that I I can do it. I, I, in some ways, I'm cautious not to wrap my mind around it too much because I don't want to get in the way of it. Mm. I just know that for these years it's been happening over and over again and While I can't always articulate what's in my heart or mind or get an active audience for those feelings and thoughts, when I sing, it just seems like there's a place for me. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for what I do and don't understand about it. And I'm just, um, I feel like it's a moment where me and my ancestors and and nature itself just kind of, we get to be one piece and all of these divisions that I navigate through you know for the rest of my time are are just are not an issue and so whatever it is that you know the grace that's found me with this instrument and this emotion and whatever other elements there are I I just want to keep doing it while I can and enjoy the space that it creates between me and the people because it's a sacred moment of like real truth where People know what's in my heart, and I don't have to explain myself. I have to apologize. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to compete. I just stand there. And as long as I can have those moments, you know, frequently enough, I think I can hold on to my faith in myself and in in humankind. And I think that's the gift um, that I don't understand, but that I I participate in and that I I share with, with a lot of joy.
0: Well, we're grateful that you share it with the world, and we're certainly grateful that you're bringing that show up to the Twin Cities, playing at the Dakota on Thursday. You talk a lot just now about um, the, this, the beauty, the magic, um, these experiences that you might not even want to put a magnifying glass under um, to, to, because maybe you don't want to understand everything about it. It does seem like almost any artist who has been in the game as long as you have has seen trials and tribulations in regards to the business side of this world. Of the music world and you have taken some steps maybe to create some of the beauty and positive positivity that you can feel on stage maybe you can see that in your recording contracts maybe you can see that in the way you're able to present your music you're taking a level of control over literally your masters so you can exercise your rights over them but on top of that uh, you're also trying to make your existence on the road healthier you're trying to make the existence on the road for other artists healthier um, the 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 music is beautiful, and the music industry can be really ugly. Can you talk a little bit about this new venture, Blues and Greens? And I hope I got the name right. Did I did I nail that? Miss Wright? Blues and Greens. You nailed it, Sean.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'd Thank love you to... for mentioning this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Let's hear about it.
1: Well, i i have I have uh, had so many dreams uh, along the way that you know, man, if I could just take this great artist out to my grandmama's house and just walk around in the garden and let them rest and be quiet and be fed and cared for. I just had these, I've had this urge to care for musicians and artists and, um, for such a long time. And I've had so many dreams about a life of just doing that and they never left me. And, um, I, I also just, I couldn't get away from my own vision to, to really try to do this. And so finally now, um, really with my grandmother kind of in between this realm and the ancestral realm, she's in transition right now. Mm -hmm. I realized that I do have something very real, which is an example of what it means to be, um, to be open, to be generous and to welcome people, um, into spaces where they feel safe, where they can create, where they can rest, where they're not, you know, objectified where they can learn how to take care of themselves and do good business. And they can learn, um, you know, how to be as creative and intentional with business as they are with art. And in fact, to invite, you know, the practices of business into the realm of of creativity, the same discipline, the same study, the same sense of practice. Um, And so as I unravel the knots and the, the fudgy contracts and the weird arrangements and the you know just a lot of things that i came into which were simply a part of the business but which are inherently unfair and unhealthy and unsustainable. as i unravel the knots of my own career and as i restructure how my team works um i'm able to offer this you know to other musicians to say hey this is what i've tried this is what i think um here's an expert from my team who actually has you know like for instance my um one of my agents has recently completed an actual textbook on touring and getting yourself started in the business. Mm -hmm. And I think that is most beautiful um, expression of an intention to really see musicians change their position in business Um, is to teach them how to get themselves out there on the road and to teach them what's important to an agent, what makes an agent even want to pick you up and what you should expect from them. You know, so I'm, I'm excited. I feel like this is an opportunity for musicians, but also professionals in the business, to not only do the right thing, but have an experience that really um, acknowledges their their contribution to an artist's career, um, and that lets them also, um, you know, leverage their knowledge. Um, some of the people who are behind the scenes are so impactful with what actually happens in our career. So, the funny thing is. Sean, so much of my work at this moment is getting my own life straight in that regard of business. But I'm finding that it's possible to have my intentions be realized as sound, fair, and thoughtful business practices. And it's okay. And it's possible to be creative in that realm too. So I'm excited. I also, um, I am a chef and I have a small cafe in Hyde Park here in Chicago. And one of the things I love to do is figure out when my, colleagues and friends are in town playing at various venues and just send them some fresh juices some of my blends like send them some you know some some bath salts <laughs> a card anything because i've had fans kind of do some of these things for me over the years and i finally tuned into how much it meant to me uh just feeling seen you know that someone's aware of what i'm asking of my mind and my body while i'm out here doing this work so i'm excited um blues and greens is a lot of things but it really is a place for me to design uh, an experience uh, where my friends and colleagues can have more sustainable and prolific careers, and close them as far as the touring aspect, with with more to live off of, with with you know control of their own assets, so their names, their image, um, and to take care, be able to take care of themselves and their family. So, I'm excited. I got a long way to go, um, but I, I'm finding joy in accepting this path.
0: Well, it's inspiring, it's beautiful, and it's it's paying it forward and also paying it backwards because I feel like there's you're doing a lot of things that I imagine a lot of ancestors wish they could have done or wish could have been already established. You're laying groundwork that's going to uh, outlast you on this plane but is going to be a beautiful thing uh, for the music world. Uh, Liz Wright playing The Dakota on Thursday night. Really looking forward to the show. She'll be joined by Kenny Banks, Sr. on piano and organ. If folks want to bring you a juice on Thursday, what's the what's the proper flavor blend to uh for for Miss Wright when she's <laughs> in Minneapolis on Thursday? What are we looking at? A papaya situation? What's what's, what's ideal?
1: <laughs> oh, anything, anything seasonal and creative and clean. No, you know, no ice, no sweeteners, just the good stuff.
0: I'm open. <laughs> I love it, uh, Liz. Thank you for your time. Looking forward to catching you on Thursday, and I appreciate you spending some time with Jazz eighty eight.
1: Thank you, Sean. It's been a pleasure.